0: This is a presentation of the Trine Broadcasting Network, part of the Center for Sports Studies at Trine University. Learn more at trine.edu. You're listening to The Assist with Trevor Hart. All right, welcome back. We have some new coaching hires around the league. The Suns are in the finals, which means Chris Paul is miserable, no more, and. uh, Big news coming out of Los Angeles where Dennis Schroeder wants a lot of money, and I don't think he'll get it. We're going to talk about that today. All right, so there are some new, like I said, there are some new hires around the league. Uh, let's just jump right into it. The Celtics have officially hired Ime Udoka, former NBA player, who he was, I mean, I never knew he was a player until I looked, up, looked him up on Basketball Reference. He uh, he was okay. Um but after he retired, he joined Greg Popovich's staff in San Antonio. Great person to be under, especially when you're starting out as an assistant because Greg Popovich is He's definitely in the conversation for a uh, greatest coach of all time just because of how consistent he is. He also he's also won five championships. So he has a really good resume, but Udoka was part of the Spurs' 2014 championship as an assistant. He moved to the 76ers to become an assistant in 2019. Then he was in Brooklyn this past year uh, for the Celtics. I think this is a really good hire because he's been in he's been with two teams within the division within the past two years. So like. He knows what the players are gonna do. Like, one of the first things you look up with Ime Udoka, you see him with Ben Simmons. So he knows the ins and outs of most of that seventy sixes roster, I would assume. And of course, that Brooklyn team, they're gonna bring back almost everyone, so they're probably gonna be about the same team. So he's gonna know the ins and out the ins and outs of that team for sure. Next up the Mavericks have hired Jason Kidd, one of the best point guards of all time, Hall of Famer. Um Really, like, what else can you say about Jason Kidd's playing career? He's just one of the best. Got started out in Dallas, got traded to the Suns. Then after Phoenix, I believe he went to New Jersey, where they went to the finals twice, and he was really good in those years. Then after New Jersey, goes back to Dallas, wins the 2011 championship with them. Uh, he was a he was a pretty big part of that season. I mean, Dirk Nowitzki he was the main guy on that team, but that team as a collective was just really good. Jason Kidd was just that veteran point guard that really a lot of championship teams need. But then he bounces around the league, like or maybe he just finished in New York. I think he finished with the Knicks. wasn't really that great in New York, but. He was really old at that point. He was old when he was in his second stint with Dallas, so. But then he goes on to coaching, and I've talked about this before. Not a good coaching record. I mean, he was in Milwaukee for a little bit. They were decent, but, like, he wasn't tapping into the full potential of Giannis, so they parted ways. He was also in Brooklyn, where, uh, yeah, those, those Brooklyn teams were never good, like, Anyways, he's been an assistant for the Lakers. He he was this year and he was on the team last year as an assistant for championship run. Uh thing with me is that his for coaching he's known most for having a player walk into him so he could spill his drink on the floor so he could get a timeout. I mean, I <laughs> that just doesn't really make I don't know why you would want him to coach again after that, but, hey, he's got a job now. Uh, I think one of the main reasons he got the job, like, obviously he's a former Mavericks player. He should know the culture of everything. But uh, I believe the former coach, Rick Carlisle, like, highly suggested uh, probably to Mark Cuban, the owner, to hire him because he thinks he would be best to help with Luka Doncic which i mean it makes sense like Luka is a essentially a taller point guard and that's kind of what Jason Kidd was for most for all of his career so i'm interested to see how this works out i don't know i don't know if it was true but i think i saw rumors that like Luka might want to leave after his contract's up so hopefully this is the right call Next up, the Trailblazers have officially hired Chauncey Billups. Uh, You've heard me talk about him a million times. Uh, I think it's a decent hire because, like, he really is one of those guys where he just has that NBA pedigree. He's a really real tough guy, especially that's what he was on the Pistons back in the day. But, um, apparently Damian Lillard might leave because of the hire. So, um... Maybe it it sounds like a decent hire on paper, but if Damian Lillard leaves, you're already failing. And the last coaching change I'm going to talk about is the Pacers are hiring Rick Carlisle. Now, look, I know that I complained about the Pacers firing Nate Bjorkren in the last episode, but I'm really excited about this hire. (laughs) That's that's just me, you know, I'm just going to... Keep flipping sides. I mean, it really is best for a team. Like, if you weren't going to keep Bjork I would want someone like Carlisle. Especially since he knows what the Pacers are all about because he coached them from 2003 to 2007. He uh, was a lead assistant. Uh, I think he was the lead assistant under Larry Bird for the Pacers from 1997 to 2000. And of course, in that time, we made the finals. And lost to the Lakers in five or six. I don't know, but uh, and I have some quotes that uh really just get me excited about it because it he's really, he could just be speaking to the fans and like because he knows the market so well. But this sounds really good to me. Quote: Unless you've won a championship, I think there's unfinished business. We're a small market team. We're a humble organization, but we've got to think big. Now, this is what I want to hear from my new coach. Because, as I've said before, the Pacers throughout, um, ever since Vogel left, we're just all about being mediocre. Like, just make the 4 and 5 seed. Get out in the first round. Maybe you'll make a second round, but you won't win a game in the second round. And there you go. But the thing is, I love where he emphasizes a small market team. Because the thing about Indiana is that, uh, I can't even remember the last time we got a big free agent. It was, it, I guess Malcolm Brogdon, but that was technically a sign-and-trade. Uh, we traded for Oladipo, we drafted Paul George, we drafted Danny Granger, drafted Reggie Miller. Was Chris Mullen, like, a... A free agent, like it wasn't a big free agent signing. He helped a little, but like in a small market like Indiana, you need to draft very well. I don't know if we've been doing so well the past couple years. Yeah, the past couple years haven't been so great for the Pacers drafting wise. Because in twenty twenty we got Casha Stanley who. He was in a dunk contest, so uh, cool. He averaged one and a half points per game and zero assists. That's a big yikes. Uh, then 2019, we got Gogo Bitadze. B- Hasn't been that great either. Averages four points a game. He's The thing that Gogo's going to be known for the most is uh, being next to Zion Williamson in that press conference before the draft where, like, Everyone was around Zion. It was either one or zero people talking to Goga. (laughs) Uh, It's sad to say, but that's all he'll be known for. And then we got Jarrell Brantley in the second round, which I don't even know that he's on the team, really. 2018 was pretty good. They got Aaron Holiday, which was a really great pick because he's still there now doing really well. And Alize Johnson, he was good for the fiftieth pick, but he's gone. Twenty seventeen was absolute trash. We got T.J. Leaf and E.K. and any Bogu. <laughs> I really gotta work on my pronunciation. Um, yeah, that class is trash. Twenty sixteen. Oh yeah, we drafted Karis Levert. Forgot about that, but we traded him that night. And George's Niang, who is in Utah right now. Twenty fifteen, we got Miles Turner and Joe Young. Joe Young did really pretty good for a second round pick, but he's not there anymore. Miles Turner, of course, our defensive anchor, supposed to be defensive player of the year. Um it goes really downhill. Like twenty ten was by far our best because we got Paul George and Lance Stevenson. 2011 we got Kawhi Leonard and Davis Bertans who are both Kawhi's really good but Bertans is pretty good. We traded them both to San Antonio for George Hill who isn't there anymore. So there's that. Yeah, so with this the Pacers really have to draft well or else Look, it's just not going to it's not going to work out. <laughs> because you either draft really well or you make really good trades. Pacers have been good at making trades. I mean, in the Paul George trade, we got uh Sabonis and Oladipo. So like as long as we can trade well, I'm kind of okay with the bad drafts, but I would really like to have younger talent to come in like and be really good like Cassius Stanley that he, honestly he's just a big name we've known him since he was in high school but like all we could see was just the flashy dunks and i hate to say it, but it almost seems like the front office was like the public they're like wow did you see this guy he did like a he did like a double windmill in a game in high school we gotta keep this guy on our radar. Like, no, he—you draft him 50th. You, how good do you think he's gonna be? And I know that, like, drafting towards the end, you're not gonna get an Isaiah Thomas. You're not gonna get a, an All Star with the 60th pick. But like, draft someone for fit and not just a name. Draft someone to fit the team. But the other quote from uh, Rick Carlisle is: "We need is quote We need to get back." in the playoffs and we need to win in the playoffs that's the mandate i'm so i'm so fortunate and so glad to be back in the state of indiana where basketball is king facts and i and i look forward to the challenge quote again i don't know if he's just playing to the the demographics of of the state or just playing to the market this is what i want to hear Understand that where you're going, you will be watched at all time. It, it's weird because the Pacers aren't even the biggest basketball team in the state. The Pacers fight with IU, with IU and Purdue, on who gets like the most watch time on television. And the Pacers play 82 games in a regular season, mostly. If you get back in the playoffs, like Carlisle says, which the Pacers were in the play-in games this year, so it's not like they were, like, the 15th seed. or They were, they were, uh, they were the last team in the conference. he says, we need to win in the playoffs. The last time the Pacers were in the playoffs was in the bubble, and we got swept by the Miami Heat. And I know that Miami Heat team went on to the finals and honestly could have won. But getting swept... Oh, my God. You've got to be kidding me. So, hopefully Rick turns things around. We have the 13th pick in the draft. So, hopefully we'll get a good player and not choke the draft like the past however many years we've been doing that. Ever since, okay, so the past 11 years pretty much. Next up, we are back talking about the playoffs. As the... Bucks and Hawks series is tied 2 to 2. As it looks right now, this series is going to come down to the wire. Uh Trey Young was out in game 4, which you think, okay, easy dub for the Bucks. They should have went up 3-1. But Giannis Antetokounmpo I believe that he said they the Bucks were playing with their food for the first half. They they were they for some reason they like kept Atlanta close which why would you do that because the Hawks ended up winning but the other thing that contributes to the Bucks to the Hawks winning is that Giannis hyperextended his knee which is putting him out of at least game five but I don't know how there was no structural damage no MCL no ACL that was that was nasty how that looked like it wasn't like Kevin Ware nasty I'm surprised Giannis is not in a hospital bed right now with a torn ACL so with this uh, I believe that I I still could be right with my predictions I believe I said that the Hawks will win four to two could still happen Bucks got to win two two in a row Hopefully, I'm right. Maybe you'll be right for the first time ever. Now, on to the Suns and the Clippers, which ended last night as I'm recording this. So, I'm going to talk about the first games before last night. I get it, okay? Paul George did really good in this series without Kawhi. He doesn't look like a number two guy. He looks like a number one guy shut up I got it okay I get it he just I almost feel like that he's listening because he does literally the opposite of what I say kudos to Paul George because I thought the Suns were gonna end it when Chris Paul came back Chris Paul didn't do so well and uh, face mask Devin Booker wasn't so hot either uh, Chris Paul got crossed by Paul George it was nasty and then just I get it Paul George did really well I I understand I'm just a salty Pacers fan that's all I am Uh, but in the series how about Reggie Jackson he really without Kawhi he really stepped up if his contract didn't end this year he would have been getting a big payday if it was next year But we'll get more into that later. So, it is official. The Suns are going to the NBA Finals. Chris Paul went off in the Staples Center on the Clippers' home floor of 41 points. It seemed like he got 30 of that in the fourth quarter. He did incredible. It almost looked like he went on, like, a, I don't know, 30-0 run by himself. But, uh... Chris Paul really had to do that against his former team. He said, Nah, I'm just I'm going to take this fourth quarter myself. You like the rest of the Suns you guys can just watch. Like Devin Booker was literally talking to fans on the sidelines. Like he, I don't he's going to do his thing. And our interesting tidbit which really shows how great Chris Paul is. The Suns are the first team to make the finals after not making the playoffs. The past ten years, and if you don't think Chris Paul's one of, is in the conversation for greatest point guard of all time, after that, I, I, I can give you a number of some really good head doctors because you are insane. Sure, the Suns did really good last year in the bubble, but they still didn't make the playoffs. They won all eight games they had to to have a chance of making it. Didn't. Chris Paul comes in. Yeah, it doesn't matter. You guys are a number two seed. Congrats to the Suns. Even more congratulations to Chris Paul. Hopefully, not miserable anymore. He looked so happy at the postgame last night. Even lost his emotions and started uh, saying some words you can't say on TV uh, on an open mic. So, uh, he just looks so happy. And, um,. Yeah, congrats to the Suns. I'm interested to see who they're going to meet in the finals and how they're going to uh, deal with them. And finally, talk about Dennis Schroeder. Now, for those of you who don't know Dennis Schroeder, he is he was a starting point guard on the Lakers this year. He was he got drafted. Oh crap! 2013, 2014, somewhere around there. Uh, he got drafted by the Hawks. He's from Germany. Uh, did okay on the Hawks. I mean, like, Dennis is not really an all-star type player, but he did really well on those Hawks teams. Ended up getting traded to the Thunder, I believe, in the Carmelo Anthony trade. Where, Yeah, that's right. Carmelo Anthony was part of the Hawks for, I don't know, two minutes, and then they released him. But then he got traded to the Lakers this past year, expecting him, the Lakers were expecting him to help LeBron... Help AD just have a solid point guard for those two to, so they don't have to do everything. And uh he did okay this year. I mean, it's not like he did amazing, but like um, a report came out that he wants a hundred, a hundred to a hundred twenty million dollars on his next contract. Ah, uh, yeah, I don't know if that's gonna happen. And then you. Then, I forgot that he had turned down an $80 million extension on his contract in this past year. So, again, I don't think he's going to get it, because there's so many reasons why. One, Magic Johnson said that he failed the Lakers in the playoffs this year, which, I'm not saying he's entirely wrong on that, but he definitely didn't perform when he was needed most, and Magic Johnson... Do you know who this guy is? Like, I mean, he has a lot of saying power in Los Angeles. Especially for the Lakers. Especially since, uh... Genie Buss loves Magic to death. They're going... So, he's already off on the wrong foot with getting Magic Johnson talking about him. Again, he did not perform well when he was needed most. Like, when AD was out, he just... I mean, he showed up, but it wasn't like thirty points or anything like that. Um, but the other thing is that the salary cap, I it's it should either like stay the same or like barely go up because like this happened this happened in the NFL this year. Like we saw a lot of really good players getting cut from their team because the salary cap went down and no one can afford them. I think it should be about the same in the NBA. It, it definitely went down after the last year because what revenue did you get from the bubble? And this year, they didn't have fans until... They didn't have like a solid amount of capacity for fans until, I don't know, a month ago? Maybe a month and a half, if even that. I don't understand how he thinks he's going to get $100, 100 million to $120 million. And that's why I said about Reggie Jackson, if his contract didn't end this year, he would have been getting a pretty good payday from these playoffs. But since it's this year, he's pretty much going to get screwed on whatever contract he's going to sign. We saw a lot of free agents last year getting screwed on contracts. And probably the 2017 draft class will get screwed because their time for their extensions is up or they're going to be free agents this year. Mostly, if they haven't signed already. It's weird just seeing, like, we saw this in the uh, lockout year 2010. A lot of free agents after that kind of got screwed on their contracts and they're still making up for it. Dennis Schroeder wants $100 million. I, If the salary cap was doing really well, he would probably get that. But well, I think because the salary cap is probably gonna be so low it like I said it's either gonna stay the same or it's gonna barely go up because they got a little more uh, because they had some fans this year they're gonna get a, might get more out of it but man that's gonna to be tough for him to get uh hopefully he's most likely gonna to have to settle with some team and I don't know if the Lakers will take him back after him rejecting the 80 million dollar extension. So, uh good luck, Dennis Schroeder. I hope you get as much money as he can get because he really is a good he really is a good player. But um I'm interested what team he's probably gonna have to settle for. That'll be interesting. So that'll be it for this week's podcast. I wanna thank you for listening. Fourth um, of July is gonna be this weekend, it's gonna be a lot of fun. Hopefully everyone will stay safe out there, have fun. But um yeah, that's it. Just uh, follow me on Twitter at D 00 and we will talk to you next week. Peace. Thanks for listening to this presentation of the Trine Broadcasting Network, part of the Center for Sports Studies at Trine University. Learn more at trine.edu.